Welcome to Into the Yes. I'm Marissa Fay, a functional nutritionist and holistic wellness practitioner. And I'm Jen Nickel, a movement witch and intuitive Reiki master. You are in the right place if you're ready to question society's wellness standards and prepared to be inspired to make changes that are right for you. Join us as we get into the yes. Let's go. (laughs) Welcome back to Into the Yes and welcome to either the end of the year or the new year, depending when we release this and when you listen to it. Yeah, 2023. 2020. In the house. Yeah, come and get it. I feel like, as an aside, I feel like 2022, I lived a lot of life in one year. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, but I also feel like it was one day long. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Was little- 2022 a day? And in that day, a lifetime was lived? Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you on that. But as we are coming into a new year, entering this new year, you know, it is the time of year when people try to hit the reset button. Yeah. However, before they hit the reset button, they hit the spiral out of control turmoil button, in my opinion. I mean, in some cases, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that about? What might we do instead? Like, this is the this is the gentle, loving, like, tap on the shoulder to you, listener, if you're the person contemplating a drastic resolution or right. a drastic change. This is us just gently, like, also, but listen to this is what this is. Yeah, consider some uh, possibilities here. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I have a question, though. When you say like kind of spiraling and all of that, are you talking about like the last few weeks leading up to the new year? Yes. Where you kind of are like, you know what? Someone gave me this box of chocolates. I better finish them now because come the new year, no more. Yes, exactly. I think it's a free for all. I think we hit Thanksgiving and then people are like, well, hell, like what? I'm going to get back to my good habits for one month. And then I'm, and then like you hit like, Christmas time, which I am, I don't technically don't celebrate Christmas, but it still affects me. You know what I mean? Like you hit Christmas time, the world shuts down and through that to new year. So that's definitely a free for all. You know what I mean? It's just like, I feel like we give ourselves a free pass. That's like a destructive free pass sometimes. I mean, it, right. It depends. The destructiveness of it depends on what you're thinking when you're doing it. Yes. Right. Totally. And probably depends on you and your relationship to the things that you're, you know, either typically doing differently or not, because I think it kind of like harkens back to if you have a history of like either disordered eating or disordered exercise habits or body dysmorphia, it's very easy for that time of year to really, for it to really scratch that wound open, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think there's a lot that goes on in that, in, in that period of time that when I think to diet and exercise culture, where there's a lot of people like, well, I better work out more. Cause I'm, I have this party to go to, or there's that practice of like, mm-hmm. I have a party tonight, so I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat until that party or mm-hmm. whatever that is like. So there's a, there's like a, almost like a protective 
idea that might be happening this time of year so that you can try to enjoy other things. Or there's that like, forget it, forget everything, throw it out the window. I'm going to just, you know, under the umbrella of like, I'm going to enjoy it all and eat it all up and then I'll fix everything after. Yeah. And I think there's pro there's problematic thoughts behind both. Oh, totally. And I will say in the balanced hormone blueprint, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations around this, even just leading into Thanksgiving, like the beginning of November, people started panicking, you know, and we're like, what do I, what do I do? What do I right. say to people? What do I right? Like, how do I stay accountable? Do I not? Like, there's a lot of pressure and stress about it. And what's really interesting, this is something I've learned about myself in recent years. And I'm curious what you think about this. Mm-hmm. I've learned that actually at this point in my understanding of my well-being and my health and the things that make me feel good, if I think too far into the future, like even think, you know, a week from now and there's a, a, a holiday event and right, like I I'm going somewhere, I don't know what the food will be, right? Like something like that coming up. If I think about it now and try to like plan around it now it messes me up way more than if I just take it literally one day at a time. That makes a lot of sense to me. Cause you, you know, once now, you know, what works for your body, you know, what keeps it in a balanced, nourished state. And, but there can become almost like an anxiousness around that. Like, what if I can't, I feel that a lot, especially cause I'm newer into this, um, this journey with this new mindset, with this new approach that I'm learning from you, from your course and, and just talking with you. And, um, I noticed that like we have an invitation to go to something, uh, tomorrow night. And I'm thinking to myself, one of the things that I brought up to my husband was, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go because the food, Mm -hmm. right. Will there be something there that I feel good about eating? Will I compromise on what I know nourishes me and makes me feel well, that triggers old kind of disordered thought patterns around that where, you know, I want to enjoy myself and not feel like that. But also I know what serves me like that thought process. I relate to that times a billion. Like this week, my, I went to a a fun, fancy restaurant with my boyfriend and his family to celebrate someone's birthday. And we had a late reservation. It was a weekday. And I just knew I was going to eat things, you know, and eat things that are out of the norm. Stick to some of my, like, this is what I usually tell women I work with is like, have your non-negotiables and then have the things you're willing to negotiate to have a great experience every once in a while. You know what I mean? So like for me, a non-negotiable is gluten. Never going to touch that, right? That's not I'm not going to feel great. Also non-negotiable for me is, you know, I rarely drink alcohol, but if I wanted to, it's no more than a drink, right? Because if I go somewhere that has fun cocktails, maybe I want one, right? So these are some of my lines in the sand that I draw, but knowing that dinner was coming for the days leading up to it, I, and I, I say this jokingly because I have told you this, you know, even I sometimes eat like an asshole, like to 
just say it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have tons of history with dieting since I'm 11 years old, right? Like it is hard to reprogram every little bit of that. And I'm just continually working on reshaping that. Right. And I've mm-hmm. come so long, but for some reason, every once in a while, and especially around this time of the year, it like compounds it, right. Having these social things going on where food's involved and usually for me, it's like a time that I wouldn't be eating. Like that just seems to usually be in the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it throws off my, throws off things. Right. And I psych myself up about it so much so that the days leading into it, I don't take as good a care of myself as I would if either I didn't know that thing was happening or somebody called me that day and said, Hey, like, let's go grab dinner. I have reservation at this great place. Let's just go grab dinner. That so much better for me than yeah. knowing in advance that it's happening. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you, you, well, the brain, when we place ourselves into the future, yeah. we cause suffering, don't we? It's yes. You know, what is it like you, you're borrowing trouble from the future? Well, isn't that worrying about the future? Yeah. You're borrowing, uh, wait, hang on. It's like, yeah, worrying about the future, something borrowing trouble, but that's not the saying. Well, I say, because my grandmother used to always yeah. say it to me, okay. said, don't borrow trouble from the future. Yeah. Which is what we do. It's an anxious, right? So um, borrowing or moving into the past can lead you into a more depressed mood and sending your mind into the future can leave you with a more anxious mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a saying that makes more sense than what I just said. Yes, totally. I'm with you. And we'll probably remember it as soon as we hit stop. Yeah. 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 So like this thing of the future. Yeah. You know what? I have, I have an example that's of this, that I recently realized about myself. This doesn't have to do with food or anything. It has to do with snow. And, you know, I'm up in the Buffalo, New York area. And I bet anyone in the Northeast heard that we got this unprecedented amount of snow a few weeks ago where there was seven feet of snow that fell. It was not where I am, but the hype around it was contagious. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel so panicked, so, so panicked because it was still November and we were, we were predicted to get two feet. And I'm like, two feet of snow in November. What do I do? And my mind just spiral going, I'm not ready for winter to start now. The ground is going to be covered in snow now from November through April. And my mind is going so far ahead. I'm like, how do I get through this? Will I be okay? Blah, 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 blah. Right? Like uh-huh. instead of, okay, being present in the moment, which there was no snow on the ground, right? When I was having those thoughts, uh-huh. it did not feel like winter. When I was, it was a week before that snow was going to come. And I ruined that moment worrying about what would happen with the snow and how long it would last. And now after the moment, looking back on it is when I realized, Jen, wow, you really spiraled yourself into a whole state that for days I kept going, the snow is coming and I don't know what it, and if it's here forever, what am I going to do? If the snow is on the ground forever, I can't handle seeing snow. Like Again, there's no snow on the ground while I'm thinking these thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And now after it, there's no snow on the ground. We had warm weather. It all melted. We didn't get nearly what was predicted, but it's just an example of how our mind 
can pull us out of the present moment and it creates a reality that you're in. Mm-hmm. Like in that moment, I couldn't see that I was ruining that moment with my thought. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm thankful to that now because it, it, um, it made me aware of that so that future times I can go, okay, hold on, take a deep breath. What do we know about what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. So it's just a little off, a little side side note onto like that energy, that thought pattern, how the mind affects how we're feeling and what we're doing. It made me anxious. It made me worried. Yeah. I'm running and you didn't store, buying things and right. And you didn't need to be right. I like did not need to be that anxious, upset and worried and thinking about how I'll be depressed in the winter when the sun was out and there was no snow on the ground in that moment. Right. Right. Yeah. And this brings up a point for me, which is like, how can you be kind to yourself in the future? Because I think about some of the habits that like I have that are f- very future oriented, but that don't bug me out like that. Right. Yeah. And then I think about things that do bug me out like that. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, for example, meal prep. Fantastic. Love every time I get up from a busy day and go heat up lunch that I made in advance. I am grateful for that past version of myself who made that. Like, that is great, right? Like, and when I do that and think about the future, I'm like, great, this is taking care of myself. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and you, so you've created that pathway in your brain that there's a reward system happening there where you're like, I thought into the future to know I would want this, this meal ready for me. And then when you eat it, you now, validate it by going, I am so grateful for this. So that motivates you the next time. And what's really interesting about that. And I love, we're talking about pathways in the brain because that's like my jam, um, with like thinking about hypnosis and how to change our minds. But in thinking about some of the habits, some of us engage in around this time of year, it's like the same thing. You are validating a past pattern or experience where you went, wild between the holidays and stop prioritizing the things that make you feel good. And you are just validating, validating that pathway and that experience. So it's almost like you're making it happen again. Right now, you know, like, how do you feel when you're doing that? That's a big thing to pause and be aware of. Like when that is happening, do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel more joy? Do you feel Uh, more balanced within yourself? If so, then okay, it's working for you, right? Yeah. I mean, can we look at it that way, you think? I think so. I think it depends on your personality. I'm sure for some people, yeah, they can look at it that way. That is not how my brain works. I love that in this scenario, right? Like, I love that. I, you know, something I try to ask myself a lot with the work that I do is like, am I having fun? Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's something I will ask myself on a daily basis with my work. And if I'm not, it means something needs to change. Right. So like, I think those questions are really valid and there are certain areas of life for me personally where that would work. And in this case, it wouldn't, it would not work. It would not work. Um, I guess on the flip side of that would be when you're doing it, are you like, is the thought pattern that's happening? Like, oh my God, here I go again overeating or eating things I said I wouldn't or doing something that I know isn't 
working for my body. Here I go again, a lot of, for a lot of us, mm-hmm. and I'm going to speak to female only because that is my, my perspective here, but it's like, I'm gaining weight over the holidays. Here we go. And like, I came into the holidays more than what I wanted to be. And here I go. Mm-hmm. And it's like this negative thought pattern spiral that again is reinforcing that pathway yes. that around the holidays. I do this thing. It feels, and I'm going to name what that is. It feels somewhat self-destructive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet I'm still doing it because I don't have the tools to not do it. And I'm thinking to the few, I'm going to fix this. I'll fix it. I'll fix it when this is all done. Yep. It's the fuck it, right? Like, yeah, it's the, oh, fuck it. Like it's too much for me to carry on in the way I've been carrying on. And the, I guess the kernel I want to offer people and just say incredibly directly at this moment. And this is what I'm doing. I noticed that this was starting to happen for me this week. And this is what I'm doing now to put a stop to it. And certainly I have more experience in trying to retrain my mind and making these habits and all of that, but I still think this is a doable approach and you're going to love this actually. But the kernel, the, the kernel is stay in the present moment, just today, right? Take a breath. Think about just today. Mm-hmm. No, and and this is contradictory, right? Because a lot of us have received health advice that we know is actually diet advice, which right. you'll hear something like plan in advance if you're going to a party. Think about that party in advance and plan what you're going to eat that day so you can go to the party and eat some of the things you want to eat. That's like really common advice, right? Mm-hmm. I actually am saying the opposite. Don't do that. I'm saying when you get to that day, treat yourself the way you've been treating yourself on a daily basis. And if you want to adjust some things, great. And if you don't, great. But then it's just literally going to be one day for real. Right. It's just a day. Right. Right. But a lot of us like, we'll say that it's just a day. And then we go into it and all of a sudden it's two weeks of being on and off the routine that you know is good for you. Right. It's tricky. This is tricky territory because again, like we have a deep channel of a thought pattern neuro pathway that has been grooved out in the brain where this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. And it's, it's confirmed and validated and reinforced by the society that we live in. We get the messaging. It's like commercialism knows okay, you probably fucked up over the holidays. Let's fix it by this plan. Trim it out with this, Mm -hmm. you know, detox here. Mm -hmm. Like all of this, like get it moving. Here we go. Work off what you did. Yes. Which brings me to the next thing I want to talk about. And I feel like this is becoming a therapy session for me. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But what I want to talk about is detox actually. Yep. This is not a therapy aspect for me. This is me dropping some knowledge bombs because here's the thing. Without a doubt, we all are going to be exposed to the word detox right now, like Mm -hmm. everywhere. It's going to come at you, right? A lot of the way this word gets used is baloney. It is not correct. It is not real. And it's being used as, I think, a scare tactic. So- Detox is absolutely critical, but there's an issue here in in our understanding of it as a society, which is 
first of all, detoxification is a process that your body is always trying to do or doing, right? Many of us over our lifetime, the pathways that our body sends toxins out of, so the detox pathways, get backed up. They get backed up or they get clogged or they're not working as well as they need to, okay? Mm -hmm. So that slows down your body's process and ability to detox as efficiently and as effectively as it needs to in order for you to be healthy. And in order to truly detox, you actually first need to work on those those pathways. Those Mm -hmm. pathways are actually absolutely critical. So before somebody slams celery juice every day and before somebody takes some liver tea and before you, you know, like go on an extreme diet, actually the place to start is making sure that you're pooping every day, making sure that you're drinking filtered water and you're drinking enough with minerals so your body can absorb it. And also that you're flushing things out that need to be flushed out making sure that you move your body every day. And ideally that sweat is happening, right? Daily. That is really important. And then that you're able to truly like take a moment and have a deep exhale. These are the detox pathways that are most commonly talked about. There are other detox pathways technically, but that's Mm -hmm. a story for another time. But these are things that if you truly want to work on your detox, and if you want to go into the new year and be like, I'm detoxing, this is actually what you need to do. I mean, it makes sense because, okay, this, um, it's like you have to build the foundation before you can build the house on it. And that is the foundation. Yes. If you just started framing a house out and you didn't attach it to anything, it will blow away. Yes. <laughs> or crumble down, right? So totally. And yeah. this is the thing, like, yes, in order for all those pathways to be open, so toxins can flow out, which by the way, There are toxins we come in contact with outside of our body, like in our environment, in our tap water, for example. And there are also toxins your body makes. So for example, estrogen in excess becomes toxic. So it's not just a matter of like, you know, being a monk and like never being exposed to whatever somebody might say in air quotes is bad for you. Mm -hmm. It also is how your body is doing things that Mm -hmm. is important. So it is impossible. Like the idea of living a clean lifestyle, that's impossible. Like, let that go. We're obsessed with the word clean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We love that cleanse. You have to do a cleanse to fix all the dirty things you've done. Uh Uh-huh. And next to the word detox. Yeah. And next to the word detox, you're also hearing the word cleanse, right? Right. they're They're a pair, I think. Yeah. But- the reality is you need to do the things that create stability in those pathways being used, which is for many of us means some dietary changes, not what you think, right? It's not go vegan and eat nuts all day long. That is definitely not what it is. It's also don't eat. It's not eat salads all day long. That's definitely not it. Right. So that, yes, it may require some changes of you. Right. But they're likely not what's being publicized in a large scale in the media and, you know, what you're hearing about from a Facebook friend who you went to high school with, like, because it's not sexy. It it isn't. No. Right. (laughs) Like sexy to go. I'm just working on my pooping. Right. (laughs) Right. And it's also not sexy to be like, I eat a balanced diet. 
Right. Right. We love, we love a like, here's a titled thing. Yes. Here's a title. Here's a label. I am this. Right. right. And I get it because, you know, I, I held fast to a dietary label for many years when I was a teenager and in my early twenties. And it really taught me how crappy that is in the long run for many of us. Yeah. I mean, I've had that, those experiences myself and, um, yeah, it brings up the idea of, okay, quick cleanse out the damage you've done. And I mean, you've spoken to this before, like you start the new year off this, this is what's going to be sold, right? Just follow this plan. And a lot of people will start to feel better because, yes. you know, in these cleanses, you are, you're actually eliminating a lot of what's happening, what you're doing, right? You're, there's a lot that you are avoiding in those and, and it can change how you feel, but what is it doing to nourish you long-term? Yep. And there are things you can do short-term that aren't great to do long-term as well. That, you know, a, there's a lot of nuance to these things that unfortunately a strict get your crap together for the new year program is really not going to likely be addressing. Well, it also, it also feeds into uh pun, there's a little pun. Yeah, like it that. also kind of feeds into that all or nothing thing yeah. where like before 100%. the new year, it's all or nothing. And then after the new year, it's all or nothing. And I think that that is overstimulating to the nervous system. Now, when you talk about those foundational things, Marissa, like those foundational things will send a message of safety to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, like, okay, day one, I stop all this stuff drastic change. I now only eat fruit for breakfast. I now only, I mean, I don't want to label it, but like whatever the cleanse is, right? right. Um, that sends a shock to the nervous system. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not used to this. Are we okay? And then it sends red flags everywhere. Totally. Um, and then on top of that, we start increasing our exercise and it's, it becomes very overtaxing to the nervous system. So is there a way to approach this in a more supportive, and again, that word that we love, nourishing way, where not only are you nourishing yourself with food, but you are nourishing yourself with movement mm -hmm. and you're nourishing yourself with your mindset and your thoughts. 100%. And I think here's some irony for you is a lot of the conversations that we have here on this podcast, we talk about like, tune into how you feel, right? Like take a breath, see how you feel. When you make extreme dietary changes, extreme, right? For example, let's say you go from um, holiday eating and you're eating round the clock basically, and then you try intermittent fasting. You are first going to probably feel amazing. You're gonna be like, I have the best energy of my life. I like everything is incredible and amazing the reason you're feeling incredible and amazing is likely one of two things. One could just be now you're avoiding foods that are commonly just problematic for most of us, like gluten, right? Or trashy oils that are in all the store-bought candies and cookies and all of that, right? Which by the way, I am not saying never enjoy something that has an ingredient that isn't the best for you. I'm saying don't make it a habit, right? Mm -hmm. So one, you're, you're avoiding these things. You're essentially putting yourself on an elimination diet. So 
all these things that are very inflammatory and toxic, you're no longer having, that is going to feel good, right? Mm -hmm. That may not be realistic in the kind of severity that you're doing it. So that's one possible reason. The next possible reason is likely that you are releasing a ton of stress hormones and our stress hormones, when they first, when our body first upregulates that in a chronic state, right. In a repeated state, like changing, like a big dietary change, like doing something like fasting, right. Like changing your workout routine drastically. And all of a sudden doing hard 75 or whatever, right. Like when you make a, a habit change like that, that you're doing on a pretty much daily basis, your body's going to be upregulating the release of stress hormones. And when that happens, you initially feel fantastic amazing, right? Like that is the common response, unless you're coming from a a like already burned out state, in which case you don't. But a lot of people transition from where they've come from into that. And they're like, this is the best I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. And so if you're tuning into how you feel, you're probably saying, but Marissa, I I feel, I feel great. Yeah. And that is where this gets nuanced and confusing in my opinion. Because it does get confusing, huh? Right. And it's like, of course you feel great, but that's why you need to understand why you're feeling great, because then you can make a different choice. If you don't understand this release of stress hormones, if you don't understand the impact of your food choices on how your body functions, then you're, you're walking into something without information that you really need and context you really need. Yeah. My, uh, my question here is, um, Is it sustainable? Because what matters most in the human body is what we do consistently. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you know, like if it was moving consistently or whatever it is. So what can you sustain? What is sustainable for your life? For like, again, now we don't want to, we want to do one of those healthy look into the future things. Like, three months from now, mm-hmm. will I be sustaining this four months, five months? Because a truly nutritious practice is a sustainable one. It's one that you want to continue to do that feels um, like there's ease around it. Well, and if you're not willing to continue with it, then perhaps it's not something you do because this is the whole idea of And to get a little nuanced here, you know, when you're going through a weight loss journey, um, which I did a very focused weight loss journey in my early twenties that I think in a lot of ways people would deem successful when you're going through a weight loss journey, it's actually really important to ask yourself, am I willing to continue to do the things I'm doing now once I'm at whatever my goal is? Because a lot of times maintaining maintaining your health, maintaining your weight, maintaining your mood, right? It's Mm -hmm. going to take as much as it took to get to where you want to be. So Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to continue with that. Yeah. And so this can be the really tough part though, when people need to make dietary changes, you know, and anyone who's worked with me, this might sound familiar where we say we've removed something like gluten and I'll say long-term, we're probably going to that's probably not a match for your body, but that can scare us. So let's do an experiment. Let's do one to two months. Let's see how you feel. Right. 
And then you have the evidence, right? And if you have the evidence, it's easier to be like, okay, I can commit to this long-term. So sometimes we do need to, in a way, parent ourselves or really befriend ourselves through that process. But truly, if you're not willing to eat fruits and vegetables every day, then like, why, why do some kind of drastic diet where you eat fruits and vegetables every day, all day? Right. Or if it's, this brings me back to what I think is one of the most important pieces here. And is again, one of the other foundations to this, which is the mindset behind what you're doing. And mindset is everything. And that's how we um, recarve new neural pathways, the pathways of thinking differently around what we're doing. You know, let's go back to the, the reward that you feel out of having meal prepped and having a nourishing meal ready that you didn't have to think about, that you didn't have to stress over and it's ready. And then that reinforces that behavior. And so what thought patterns are you having going into like, all right, I'm going to do a 30 day cleanse and then thank God when that 30 days is over. And then every day of the 30 day, you're like, all right, I'm on a countdown, only 15 days to go. I feel good about myself because I've I've adhered to it so strictly. And then, and, and then you're looking towards, you know, the last day of it. And then it's like, okay, Ooh, I can finally eat that thing that I've been wishing I could have eaten or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, that mindset shifts and changes the energy versus how am I going to nourish myself? What can I do here? That's going to make me feel good long-term. That's going to support me. That's something that I feel like I can sustain because it makes me feel um, whole. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, and I and I like that approach with a fitness practice as well. The mindset coming into it is, you know, are you coming into it? It's like, oh God, I've been eating so bad. I need to. I need to move today. I have to work. I have to work harder. You know, and and it that impact of that thought process turns your movement practice, your exercise into a punishment. It's almost like I did the wrong thing and now I have to punish myself for that. Mm -hmm. I know you're not necessarily thinking it in those terms, but the underlying message there is yeah. pretty much that like, I have to correct what I've done. And um, that's not a sustainable mindset. Who well, wants I to show up for something that is a punishment? Totally. And I also think another issue that a lot of us have is we're trying to go to, from A to Z in one yeah. job, right? And the reality is if you really want to make a long-term change, you may not start out by practicing a habit that is ultimately the habit you want to have, but you might start with stairs and I'm drawing stairs, even though nobody can see it, right? <laughs> but you might do a gradual stepping yourself up. And this is why anytime I take a, take somebody through like a parasite protocol, we don't jump right to a parasite protocol. We prep. We, I like to say there's an on-ramp and an off-ramp, right? Mm -hmm. And I also think that's a great thing to consider, right? Say you're somebody who's sedentary and you don't do really any movement. You sit at work. You know, the most movement you do is cleaning your house, right? Like, let's say that's your life. And you say to yourself, I want, you know what, this year I want to... I want to be able to dance through a whole Zumba class, right? Like maybe that's your thing. That mm -hmm. sounds really amazing. You are not going to go from never doing that 
to all of a sudden doing Zumba classes. And in fact, if you tried to do that, you're probably not going to stick with it. So, well, yeah, I mean, I always give people the example when they, when they first start of like, you're not going to run a marathon on day one, right? You progressively work toward that. And, and you know what the marathon is the consistency. It's not, it's not the, um, intensity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And so that's where like an encouragement to anybody listening is like, how can you break down something you want? something you want to achieve into much smaller, more actionable, easier sounding thing to do now so that you can build to whatever that is that you desire. Because I don't think, you know, I'm not a new year's resolution person, but I am a goal person. I don't think we need to have a goal just because it's a new year. I think we have goals because we, you know, want to set our sights on something and you know, achieve something and and have a different something in our life, right? And I do think having goals is helpful and healthy. And I also think determining how you're going to get there, what the mm-hmm. path looks like. And if you can't figure that out, working with somebody, right? Joining a program, a class, working with somebody who can help you do that yeah. is really important. And red flag, if you go to somebody and you say, here's a, here's a physical strength goal I have. And they throw you right into that out the gate because there should be a process to work you up to that goal. Yeah. You have to work progressively. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, part of what we're talking about is this idea of being an abstainer versus a moderator. And it's so much easier for our brains to be in abstaining. And it's so much healthier for many of us, for most of the things we do to be in the moderation category. Yeah. But that's so much more nuanced that it's hard. It really is hard. And you bring up a good point of, um, finding support, you know, and for people who, you know, are on a budget and all of that, and it might be hard to find support. There's, you know, there's endless things on like YouTube and where you can at least be like, okay, beginner style this or whatever it is. Um, but I, but I believe that like moderation is the key to something that's sustainable over the long term. And, you know, when I, I'm with you, I don't set a new year's resolution per se, but what I really like is a moment of reflection. What, what was work, what's working for me And you know, January one, you know, we've been taught like, that's when you do that. That's the beginning. We change into this new number. And there's a lot to be said for that as a motivator, as a moment to really sit and reflect on that. And I like that. I like the energy around it, but I think that, um, it's just like when we talk about Thanksgiving, we don't have to only give thanks during that time, mm-hmm. you know, or practice gratitude during that time. And so we have a new beginning every day. We have a new beginning with every breath. And this is a practice. This can, you can do this on more of a macro level with your life. When you take it time to reflect on like, what is working? What is not working? What am I wanting to expand into and welcome? And what am I thinking I'd like to leave behind and start with that and see where it leads you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that point, if you're somebody who loves a new year's resolution, go for it. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. I don't just because we're not, yeah. we're not bad mouthing it. Just, I think we're just saying like, there's a lot of options here. Yes. There's no one way to do a new year. There's no right way. 
Yeah. Yes. To do it. <laughs> right. Totally. So, and I think the other, the other thing is, you know, I'm with you. I like the reflection aspect of it. And this is where I really think a writing practice can be really great. Um, so if, if people want to do this, I'm going to be doing this, but I like to do a reflection on the year that I just had. So what were the high points? What were the low points? Right. And then I like to write as if I were a year ahead in the present tense, what the last year has like, what I've, where I am, what's happening. Right. Um, because I think that's really important to open your mind up to the changes you want or the opportunities you want or the life you want to live or how you want to feel because a big barrier, a lot of us have. And I think sometimes maybe why sometimes we fail with a goal, whether or not it's a new year's resolution or new year's goal is that there's a part of us that really doesn't believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. And so just creating the space where it's possible I think it's huge. That's a good point. I mean, that belief system, we don't think it's possible, might have been because so many times we've done, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm, and it lasts, you know, maybe six weeks because it wasn't a sustainable practice. So using that as um, a learning opportunity, okay, what did I learn from that? All right, that didn't work for me. What does work for me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just really reflecting on those things. Yeah. Totally. So because we could probably go on and on about this forever and ever, I'm going to bring us on home. Yeah. Um, and I want to know what you're a yes for after this conversation. I'm a yes for building the foundation first. Hmm. I mean, In the I, present moment. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, I am a yes for keeping myself accountable to staying in the present moment hmm. and not not planning every little thing so that I'm not stressing about every little thing in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah, That's a big lesson. It's a hard one to stick to. It is for sure. So you can do it. Thank you. We can do these things. We can do these. We can do these things. Um, so dear listener, whenever you're listening to this, if it is around the new year, we also want to wish you a happy new year and just want to encourage you to let this new year be one where you are kind to yourself and you care for yourself and you don't necessarily do extreme things. Yeah. Think, think about your nervous system. Yeah. (laughs) How can you nourish that? And you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, Marissa and I love to talk about this stuff and love to help. Like if you're stuck, reach out, reach out in our DMS or wherever. Like I want to start my new year like this. And you know, it's nice to have someone to chat with, you know, we could offer you a moment. Totally. I'm with you on that. So where can people find you if they want to take a moment? If you want to reach out and say, Jen, help. I want to, I want to find a moderation of my new year. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. At Jen Nickel 09 on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find the classes that I teach and uh, my website at TheElementsExperience.com. Love it. And I, you can find me at Marissa Fay Wellness on Instagram, on TikTok. You can find my signature group program and course that is the way to build the foundation that is gentle and kind to yourself uh, at balancedhormoneblueprint.com. 
uh, we have a new wave of people coming in. So I'm really excited for them to get started with it. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. All right, y'all. We'll catch you next time. All right, everyone. Peace out. <laughs>